Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I shared last week was Ephesians 4.16. It says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. This is the, the church, the body of Jesus Christ. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. And I shared last week that in that passage of five verses, 11 times it talks about we, us and ours. And there's so many promises in God's word will never be fulfilled just with you alone. It's in the body of Christ that they are fully manifest. And I believe God's stirring our hearts to realize the power of belonging to a local church, the power of being a part of the body, and not just attending, but actively connected. It says as we're actively connected, and each person with the divine gifts, so they're not just natural gifts. We have natural gifts, but when you surrender to God, they become divine gifts, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we all grow up in maturity, love flows, and guess what? Your families and our community gets the overflow. So it's not just about us, many people find hope and forgiveness and love into their lives because we are all built up and made perfect in love. And it got me thinking about their divine gifts empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I want to share for a few minutes today on how are, are we led by the Holy Spirit. Because it says in Romans eight fourteen to 17, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. That's pretty direct. We are born again through the blood of Jesus and receiving into our life. But if you want to grow and be effective in relationship, you must be led by the Holy Spirit. There's no other alternative in the Word of God. So we need to know, how do we hear from the Holy Spirit? How are we led by the Holy Spirit in our daily lives? Not just on Sundays, but Monday to Saturday. How are we led by the Spirit in our workplace, in our university, in our family, in our neighbourhood? All those things, we need to know how to be led by the Spirit of God. It says, the Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. <coughs> and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So capital S, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. We don't like that last verse. If you want to follow Jesus, there is some suffering. Sometimes it's just the misunderstanding of family or friends who think, what, what's this God stuff and going to church and, and, and giving your, your gifts and your time and your resources and, and praying? What's all that? So sometimes the suffering is just the misunderstanding of people who don't understand. In Australia, thankfully, that's the level of suffering. Sometimes it's more direct. Sometimes the enemy really challenges us. And sometimes you, you have to walk through on a long period of time the understanding that to live for Jesus means that it's a narrow road and not necessarily the broad accepted road of everyone else. But it's a rewarding life and there's so much transformation happens. So it says there clearly, P 
people become children of God through faith in God's unique Son, and being led by the Holy Spirit is a major feature and testimony of this relationship. So the Holy Spirit, who is God, wants to lead us. And there's many spirits that are in the world. There's spirits of darkness and deception, and there's the human spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit of God that He's sent to lead us to show that we live lives of fulfillment and purpose in our lives. John 1.12, Jesus said, But as many as did receive and welcome him, that is Jesus, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God, that is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. So to become a Christian, he is the only way, the truth, and the life. You can live with all sorts of philosophies in life, but let me tell you, it's only through Jesus Christ that we receive for true forgiveness of sin and eternal life and a blessed life that we live. So if you're here today on a journey saying, where does this God stuff fit? Let me tell you, Jesus is the center and he's the one who is there to bring hope for your life. I want to read verses 14 to 17 in Romans 8 in the Passion. It says, the, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit nudges you. You know, you, you, you're downtown and you feel stirred to shout a coffee for someone. Or you're in church here and you feel this nudge after the service to go and catch up with someone and maybe pray a prayer of blessing. When people put their hands up before, you mightn't have prayed for the one right near you. You walked across the aisle because you felt stirred to go and pray for faith for that person. That's the Holy Spirit's impulses, nudges, stirring you. You're stirred to offer a gift to someone that doesn't know Jesus yet. And you say you'll offer them a gift or you invite them to church or you give them a meal to the new neighbours in the street because you feel stirred an impulse, a nudge in your heart. And that's often how God leads us by his Holy Spirit because he's our friend and our helper. It goes on and says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Wow, that's what religion does, laws and rules, and you're never, ever good enough. No matter how many times you pray and how many times you do good deeds and charitable deeds, it's never enough because it's religious duty, it's through Jesus that we receive eternal life and the Holy Spirit's within us. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. Wow, that's the Holy Spirit's the spirit of full acceptance. You don't have to keep striving. If I, if I just work a bit harder, if I just give a bit more money, if I just serve on a few more charity committees, then I'll be good enough. You'll never be good enough. It's about the heart of relationship with Jesus that we are forgiven. And it goes on, and you will never feel orphaned. Wow. There's a few people here have probably been through the pain of being physically orphaned. But many of us emotionally and spiritually have felt cut off, not connected. With the Holy Spirit, it says you'll never feel orphaned, abandoned, rejected, not accepted. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Wow. So no matter what your natural parents, fathers, mothers were, the Spirit of God comes and connects you by the Spirit to know our Heavenly Father. 
And that brings a settling and identity that nothing else can do. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Wow, what a powerful truth this is. I love Romans 8. It's one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. And it just gives you understanding that we are, by the Spirit of God, we become His sons and daughters. A transaction, an exchange happens when you accept Jesus into your heart. You get moved from darkness to light. You get moved from uh, wherever you are in relationship into the family of God. And the devil will lie to you sometimes and say, oh, you don't belong. Just kick that liar out and say, hey, I am now, I've changed address. I now live in the family of God. It's not your physical address. It's your emotional, spiritual address. You come from darkness to light, from shame and guilt and despair and hopelessness into the kingdom of God where you belong, where there's the family of God. And you don't have to ever be alone again because the Holy Spirit becomes your friend and the family of God is powerful. And so the church is not just an institution or a religious organization. It's much more that it's a family of relationship for those that are born again by the Spirit of God. And you need, you need structure and building of facilities, all those things. But that's not the focus. That's why we call our new building a home for the harvest. It's about a home for people and lives getting changed. It's not about the building. Abba is an Aramaic word for father. Abba is also a word used for devotion, a, t a term of endearment. This is why some have concluded that Abba could be translated as Daddy or Papa. Wow. It is hard to imagine a closer relationship to have with God than to call Him Abba, our beloved Father. And only the Holy Spirit can make that real to you and heal Father wounds in our souls. Verse 17, it says, we are joint heirs with Christ. That's another mind-boggling concept. Hebrews 2.14 says, Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. So by his work, we become sons and daughters of God, so therefore we become co-heirs with Christ. That, that is just hard for our head to get around. But so many of us live way below our inheritance because we don't understand the power of it in our relationship with God. Nothing in the Bible could be more amazing than this. Grace has made former rebels into princes and princesses, royal ones that share in the inheritance of Christ. Hey, no matter what our background, how dark and dangerous and how rebellious you, we were or are, the good news is in Christ we come from that into princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. That is an incredible, powerful truth that way too many Christians live way below what God has called us to be and do. Wow, you belong in the family. We are co-heirs with Christ. Wow, and we just think, no, I'm not worthy. Hey, in the natural, we're not worthy, but Jesus paid the price, so he has made us worthy. It's not about how you feel. It's about the truth of who he is, and we've come into the family of God. And the Holy Spirit says he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So whenever I ask someone, do you really know that you're a child of God, that you're born again? If they sort of hesitate a lot and say, I'm not sure, I said, we better make sure. 
Because if you know that you are, you won't be answering that way. Someone asked me, I know, from the day I finished grade 12 at high school, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ at a youth rally, and from that day on, I have known, I have known that I am born again and I belong to the family of God. No devil from hell and no intimidating person with a strong opinion has been able to talk me out of that because I know in my heart that I am born again and I live in the family of God. And we need to live with the reality of that in our lives. So if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, what are people led by? Sometimes we're led by our own desires and choices. Well, I want and I'm going to have. God says, be led by the Spirit, then you're His children. But many people are led by their own choices and desires. Knowing sometimes it's not the best choice, but I still want it. And God in His grace will let you run with your free will until you get to a point of desperation says, God, I made a mistake, forgive me. Other people are led by others' opinions and expectations. How many people have we met in our journey of life that they're driven by someone else's strong-willed opinion over their life. A parent, a relative, a neighbour, a best friend. Inside, you know it's not right, but you think, well, I can't break out of this prison of expectation, so I live my, all my life that way. How awesome when you come to Jesus and you start to break out of that prison cell and you start to find out who you really are. Some people are scared of becoming Christians. I think, well... I might become weird and a bit spiritual and religious and wacky. Now, do you know what happens when you become a Christian? You get set free to become the person you're always made to be. That's what coming to Jesus is. And when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and His power and supernatural power and gifts, same thing. You now get empowered to live that life that you were always called to be. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom so you can be who God has made you to be not under someone else's opinion or expectations. Other people are led by the spirits of deception and darkness, philosophies, religious teachings, schemes of the devil that have lied to you that you'll always be a loser. You'll always be someone left out. You're the last one picked at the school sports teams and you think, well, that's just, that's just my lot in life. No, in Jesus, you come into the center out of relationship with him. And God says you don't have to be bound by lies of the devil from demonic darkness and deception and spirits that are out to destroy. Other people are led by their fear, their shame, their guilt, their anger, their jealousy and whatever else you want to add to that list. Don't be led by that. That's not who you are. You are a man or a woman of God planted in the kingdom of God. So if we're not going to be led by that, how are we led by the Holy Spirit? Let's look at this for a few more minutes. We're led by the Holy Spirit because of His inner voice, that impulse inside. You just know in your heart, your conscience, your spirit. There's impulses, there's a witness, there's a stirring in your spirit, in our hearts and minds. It's so essential to hear, to learn to hear and discern how the Holy Spirit speaks to you and through you. I thank God when I was born again, I was in a church that taught me how to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And for about 12 minutes, I thought, oh, that's just my ideas. And I'd get stirred in a meeting, or I'd be uh, talking with someone, I'd get stirred, you need to pray for them about this. I thought, oh, that's just a nice idea. After about 12 months, when I'd be sitting in a meeting and I'd be stirred about something, and then the preacher would preach exactly what was in my heart, or what he'd been speaking to me all week, 
or I'd be feeling something in my heart and someone else would get up and prophesy exactly what was in my heart. After, it took me a while. I was a slow learner. I was 17, intelligent, so I tried to reason it all out and God says, learn to live out of your spirit, not your head. Western-based Christianity is way too head-based and not enough spirit-heart-based because we need our minds renewed and how you're going to get it renewed but by the Word of God and the Spirit of God and then your mind will get washed and renewed and you'll start to live with the mind of Christ. But way too many Christians, we try to reason and understand it all out. And that's why we struggle and stumble and take a long journey like I did trying to work out, Holy Spirit, let me hear your voice. He's screaming at me. I'm speaking to you all the time. I thought it was me or someone else. Eventually I got it. I was a slow learner. But I learned to hear. And when I started to learn to hear what the Holy Spirit's voice was like in my head, I refused to stop. So I am led by the Spirit in so many natural ways. So the first way is to learn to hear the voice of Spirit. We've got five senses in the natural. We've got hearing, seeing, touch, smell, and taste. A long time ago, the Holy Spirit started to teach me through the Word that in the spirit realm, we've got five spiritual senses. And most of us have not developed that like we should. He says, let him who has ears to hear what the Spirit says. So we're going to open our ears. Some of us have got some blockage in our spiritual ears. We need to let our ears be cleaned out so we listen and hear properly what the Spirit of God's speaking to us. We need to have our eyes opened Paul says in Ephesians 1, open the eyes of my understanding. Today, God's going to take some scales off some people's eyes and you're going to see God and yourself like you've never seen before. As I was driving here this morning in the car, God spoke to me so clearly. said, today I'm taking some scales off. I'm taking some things off that you have not seen yourself or others or God like you are meant to. And right now, the Spirit of God is starting to take off some of the scales, the veil, the things you haven't been able to see about yourself or others. God said, it's time for that to go. So you can start to see in the Spirit. And God started to teach me in the Spirit. And I'd be in meetings. And I'd put, when I get in a meeting, I'd put my hands up and say, Holy Spirit, what are you up to today? And immediately things start to download to me. Never fails now. It took me a long time to get there. But now every time I'm in a meeting and when I'm meeting with someone, I'm, God's downloading to me. But I've trained myself for years to learn to see in the Spirit. Not weird and wacky. I'm looking with my natural eyes and connecting in the natural world. But I also understand there's a spiritual world that our eyes need to be open to see. And when it's by the Holy Spirit, it will bring life, not confusion, and not control, and not weirdness. He wants us to know the touch of the Holy Spirit. How awesome when we're worshiping and praying, so you feel his presence. Sometimes I physically feel it. I remember um, years ago, I was in here one time we were in a prayer meeting, I was praying and I had my hands up and next minute I felt a breeze go across my hand, my arms. I thought, Someone must have opened the door. So I look around, you know, that's where my mind and no, nothing had changed. No one had turned on the air conditioner. And I felt the Holy Spirit said, I'm here. I'm just letting you know my touch. Because sometimes we need to be aware that he's touching us by his spirit. It's almost dismiss that. The worst thing is we sometimes have it, then we chase after it and want it. And if I don't get that, I don't think God's here. That's deception as well. God's here by his spirit, but sometimes he will physically touch you. 
You'll feel fire in your hands. You, you'll feel something. Or we pray for people and occasionally people weep or cry or fall down on the, the floor under the power of God and people say, what's happened? I said, mate, God's just touching them and our physical bodies can't do anything else but surrender. There's a PowerPoint over there. If I go and put my hand over there with a fork or a knife and I get thrown across the room and my hair stands on end, you'd say, well, what else do you expect putting a, in a life socket? That's 240 volts. Why should we be surprised when someone gets touched by the power of heaven that something's not going to shake and change in a person's body or life? Why should we be surprised? God does signs and wonders to get us wondering what he's up to and get a sign that points us to Jesus and the kingdom of God. So don't ever pull back from signs and wonders because let me tell you, the book of Acts, that's what shook the world. It says they turned the world upside down because the supernatural happened and they could not ignore it. Let me tell you, there's a, a move of the Spirit coming. We're going to see a lot more supernatural stuff that your mind can't understand, but it's going to point people to Jesus and it's going to shake your mind and say, wondering what's going on. That's what a sign and a wonder is. Don't focus on the sign or the wonder. Focus on where it's pointing. If I go down the corner and look at the signpost, I think, oh, that's an awesome signpost. I stand there for an hour looking at the signpost and all the lettering. You think, you are weird. Signposts that point you to where you want to go. I've seen Christians get caught focusing on the signs instead of where it's pointing you and the kingdom and the freedom that is ours. Focus on what God's saying. A signs and wonder is there to help us move forward. What about taste? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't physically taste, but in your heart you just think, oh, this is so precious. There have been times when I've been on missions trips or busy serving God, you just get so filled up with loving and serving God, you just don't even physically want to eat sometimes. And that's a miracle for me because I love my food. <laughs> you're sort of praying for people, you're traveling, and you realize, mate, we haven't had lunch. It's eight o'clock at night because you've just been tasting the goodness of God. It doesn't happen very often, thankfully, because I love my food. And what about smell? The Bible says the fragrance of Christ. Sometimes you watch a family or you see some people getting restored in relationship, it's like this fragrance of beauty and love flows. Folks, I want God wants to teach us to be led by the Spirit. You need to have our five spiritual senses made alert and free and cleansed and renewed. Let it be a prayer of your heart. How else does the Holy Spirit lead us? Through the Word of God, we know that. Through the Scriptures, immerse yourself in the Word. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, He would lead us. He will sometimes lead us through confirmation of other Spirit-led people. Don't let that be your first one, but sometimes that God will do that through prophetic words or Spirit-led people will do that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.13 says, Beloved ones, God has called us to live in light, a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up, a, set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. For love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one great grand statement, demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you care for and love yourself. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. 
As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Wow. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder you from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are self-life of the flesh and the new creation, life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Hallelujah. Hey, the self-life wants to lead you. When you walk in the Spirit, that stuff gets put in its right place. That's what God wants us to do. Ephesians 5 goes on, verse 16. So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for His purposes. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. That's an interesting word. One of the versions says waste, but it actually says it's rebellion. Because you're trying to find a spiritual high that only God can give. Because the Bible says... Be filled with the wine of the Spirit, not the natural wine. Very interesting. It goes on and says, um, Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to the Father for every person He brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. God wants to deal with the self-life, and the easiest way is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You notice when you have a, you're in a great meeting, or you feel God's Spirit touch you, everything just seems to be in right order in your life. You're not craving after um, acceptance, you're not wanting to make sure this person acknowledges you. you. Your heart's just full of the Spirit, you just want to give and overflow and help others. That's how God wants us to live say, wow, my workplace, it's not a very spirit-filled place. Hey, guess what? You bring all of God in His Spirit into that place. So the atmosphere change. you're an atmosphere changer. Don't wait for someone else to change the atmosphere. You change it because you carry all of heaven in your soul. The power of the Spirit comes with you. Say, oh, it's really dark in my family. I know it probably is, but you carry the life of the Spirit. And you don't have to, you can't force people to change, but you can bring in your grace that will shift atmospheres. Let's wrap it up with a couple more verses. Acts 1.8 says, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be filled with power. You'll be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant promises, provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. New Zealand and Australia are some of the furthest places apart from Jerusalem where this promise was given. So we're, we're in there, okay? So, Acts 2, 4 says, they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. That's a supernatural gift to help us connect with God and sometimes bypass our crazy reasoning mind that tries to explain all the supernatural away. And I've had to learn to be led by the Spirit and then my mind's got renewed and it starts to line up with God's Word and His ways. Acts 4.31, at that moment the earth shook beneath them, they'd been praying, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Wow. One more story as the, the worship team come, 
Acts 9.10 says, Living in Damascus was a believer named Ananias. Saul, who was a religious terrorist, a passionate Jew, thought Jesus and Christianity was wrong, so he was out arresting and getting them thrown in jail and killed. He has a divine encounter on the road to Damascus. Lightning strikes him from heaven. Power of God comes. God speaks and says, why are you persecuting me? Then what happens is he goes to Damascus and living in Damascus, a believer named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling his name, Ananias. Thank God he listened to the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, Ananias answered. The Lord said, go at once to the street called Abundance and look for a man from Tarsus named Saul. You'll find him at Judah's house. While he was praying, he saw in a supernatural vision a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him to restore his sight. But Lord, this is like us, but Lord, Ananias replied, many have told me about this, his terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who are devoted to you. In fact, the high priest has authorized him to seize and imprison all those in Damascus who call on your name. The Lord Yahweh answered him, arise and go. Didn't listen to his fears or excuses. Thank God Ananias knew the voice of the Holy Spirit, otherwise he never would have gone. Arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations, before Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am. And I will show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. Ananias left and found the house where Saul was saying, I reckon his head was saying, this is crazy. We're probably going to get arrested. Better make sure my affairs in order. I'm sure he hugged his wife really well before he left the door, saying, I'm not sure if I'm going to be back. He went inside and laid hands on him, saying, Saul, my brother, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to pray for you so that you might see again and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. All at once, the crusty substance that was over Saul's eyes disappeared and he could see perfectly. Immediately, he got up and was baptized. Then he ate some food and got up and started preaching Jesus who he'd persecuted for years. No one is too far from God for God to intervene. No one's heart or mind can be so stubborn and hard that God can't break through. He got struck by the power of God off his horse was instantly blind for three days, but in that time he had a revelation of Jesus Christ and his spiritual eyes were opened while his natural eyes were closed. Some of us look so much in the natural with feelings and natural stuff that God had to actually physically close his eyes for three days so he could learn to see in the spirit. Wow. Wow. And then... Ananias, thank God he was listening to the Holy Spirit, went at his own safety, peril and safety, prayed and he got totally healed. And I just feel right now the Spirit of God wants to lift the scales off some of our eyes. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? The way some of us have looked at ourselves is totally wrong. You've listened to the voice of shame and guilt and fear and other people's opinions when Jesus said, that's not how I see you. The scales are coming off our eyes, naturally and spiritually, so you can see and receive who you really are. Others of us have been blinded, we just can't see. God says it's time for your eyes to be opened. Let's stand in his presence today.
The kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. I want you to close your natural eyes right now for a moment because I want you by the Spirit. Sometimes we close our eyes when we're praying just so we block out other things. It's not a religious thing. It's so you can block out the natural so you can start to see the spiritual. There are many people here today. We're all on a journey. Some of us have known Jesus. We've had that revelation in our hearts. We're learning how to walk in the Spirit more powerfully. For some of what I've taught today is 101 for you. You know this and you live in it. I just want to encourage you, keep going for it because many people don't yet understand the freedom of the Spirit. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.